ton of banter at the top. I think part of that is because I listen to all these podcasts and they're podcasts that I really like that they spend like 30 minutes of their day and what they had for lunch. And we keep that to a minimum. We are straight in to the business (laughs) and the business and the business today is travel hacks. We got on a travel hack run over the last couple of weeks. And we're like, man, these are gold. These are solid gold. And we need to put these down in audio format. And that's what we're doing. In fact, we're going to have a multi-part episode structure here where we're going to do our hacks. And then we are going to bring your colleague and friend Samir on, and he is going to do his hacks. That'll be part two, I think. This is, of course, no show. My name is Matt Brown. I'm joined, as always, by Jeff Borman. Let's get into these hacks because they're too hot. They're too hot to handle. We've broken this out a little bit because we have something like 27 <laughs> of these. And the list just kept growing until we had to kind of cap it. And we split them up into categories. We're going to start off with kind of airport-centric, kind of overall things that you should do. Then we're going to move on to clothing recommendations. And then we've got a little uh, like tool gear kind of wreck uh, list at the at, at, at the end to kind of round it off. So let's start off with the airport stuff. Jeff, go first. Give me something that I need to do uh, when I am uh, engaging with the airport. So I don't think this is going to be about your, uh, the stuff you just look up, you know, put a unique marker on your bag so you can see it on the carousel when it comes out, right? That's pretty general. I would add to something like that, add a fragile sticker. Just always have it on there. Uh, they have to treat the bag a little bit differently. Uh, so you might as well, whether it's fragile or not, throw a fragile sticker on your bag at all times, right? I read all somewhere too that the um, they recommend like getting a little, like a little pack of them so that uh, every two or three trips you do put a fresh one on there because sometimes the baggage loaders, if they see one that looks like it's been on there for a year, they'll think that you're trying to game the system or this is just an old tack. But if you put something like shiny and fresh, that two or three of them on there that are new, they'll pause just a second to give it a little bit more TLC. So uh, in TSA line, always turn to the left. People are predominantly right-handed and unknowingly people steer to the right. The left almost always has fewer people naturally. I'd never heard that. Do you do that? I do. Yeah. I I need to, I'm going to start doing that. (laughs) I do. I'm probably ruining my own hack. Here's one uh, that I really just started doing. Put my carry carry on in the overhead bin across from me. It's easier to pull down than if it's right above you when you're getting off. And it's also a lot easier to not bang people in the head with it. You have more control over it. And here's another one too. Uh, If you get uncomfortable with turbulence, choose a seat next to the wing. Now, those are usually going to be preferred seats for you know, frequent flyers who get to choose the extra leg room and the exit aisle and stuff like that. But if you can choose to be closer to the wing, you will experience less turbulence in the flight. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> this is I'm learning. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of useless shit you pick up, you know, with a million miles from. Uh, okay, last one on airports. This is uh, off the plane back to the airport. Wi-Fi can be a big pain in the butt, right? Finding Wi-Fi and they want you to sign up for everything, give your email away. You're probably going to get some kind of virus. You know, you don't want to do it. Go to the airline lounge. And if you cannot get in, which they make it a challenge to do intentionally, sit outside the airport lounge. 
their Wi-Fi usually works. And you're probably only a Google search away from knowing that American Airlines January password is avocados, all lower. Okay. You ready? Right, you ready for mine? Get a credit card with broad access to airport lounges. This is becoming more and more of a known thing as lounges have just kind of exploded, I think, over the last few years. But it has saved us so much time and money. We got a, a Chase Sapphire Reserve card right before COVID, I think, like 2019. And we've saved easily $1,000, $2,000 solely on airport and travel-related things, in addition to all the other benefits that the card gets. Now, you pay a higher premium for it, as you do with, with other kind of platinum cards. Like, I, I think... I think there's an American Express card that's very similar. But, you know, you get this priority pass to all these lounges, like 1,300 of them across the world. Uh, and I never thought it was that big of a deal. But in addition to free Wi-Fi and comfy chairs and snacks and free beverages, including beer and wine, sometimes mixed drinks, depending on where you are. But what, where it really comes in handy is at certain airports, including JFK, there's a very liberal interpretation of what a lounge is. So if there's not a lounge in the terminal you're in, Chase did this deal with restaurants. I think it's Bobby Vans in the International Terminal. Priority Pass often pays a lounge a fixed amount for everybody who comes in. So if there's no lounge, then Priority Pass looks around the restaurant and says, uh, hey, we'll give you the dollar amount and it'll be something like 28 bucks a person. Uh, it really comes in as a nice little bonus uh, that can cover some some drinks and food. I, I'm more of a, uh, I'm the Amex Platinum Card guy. Yeah. A lot of the same benefits of very similar uh you know, very high annual fees, like six ninety five a year or something like that. It's, uh, but you do get a fair, not just fair, a very generous amount of credits. And I think the if we had you know points guy or something like that on here, they break it down really well. Uh, this is what you get. And if you know how to extract the value from that card, it will absolutely work for you. Uh, if you're kind of lazy, you buy it and you just want lounge access, and that's worth six hundred seventy nine dollars or ninety five dollars for you. Yeah. And we get a ton of points back uh, to spend on travel throughout the year through our spend. And that, that's been great too. We're not on a, a, like an airline mileage card. We chose this as kind of the premium card that we'd use for travel and it's really paid off. You know, I think that's really a, a distinction there is I have an American Airlines card because I fly American Airlines, you know, 90 flights a year or something. And that's what you do when you live in DFW or a place where that's the only airline that's really a choice. So for me, I have the airline card. Uh, which helps in other ways and the Amex Platinum card. But I think you're right, Matt, where if you are a traveler who is not naturally going to earn elite status on a single airline because you don't travel enough, you don't spend it, whatever the deal is, to get your travel perks, I think absolutely. Go Platinum card Amex, go Chase Sapphire Reserve, do one of those that is not affiliated with a branded airline and just get perks across the industry. Those are the way to go. My next general one is a pretty common. A lot of people do this, but but it's it's a good reminder to keep important documents in an email, like a copy of your driver's license, copy, you know, picture of your passport, picture of health insurance, uh, the phone number for your credit cards, but not the card numbers themselves. That's an important distinction. And to it, in addition to having all those pictures of your ID and your email, I always carry a second. ID in my bag, either a global entry card or a passport. D does it count that I recommend just memorizing your credit card number? Uh, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. I I have never done that. 
because I'm lousy at memorization. Amanda, my wife, does that, and it comes in super handy. Should I just shout mine out live on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, also, speaking of my wife, Amanda, we had a little situation last summer. This isn't so much a hack as as another reminder to get your passport out right now and check the expiration date. She was taken off for Portugal last August and had we'd not traveled in a second. I don't think we had traveled internationally since 2020. We went to Australia. Uh, so it'd been a it had been a hot second. And okay, pulling everything out. We're packing up the Sunday night. She's leaving like that Thursday or Friday, gets out the passport, expired. And this is a common thing that's happened to a bunch of people over the last year or two. It's like because the expiration dates on passports are so long, it's 10 years. You're kind of always in this space of like, oh, yeah, I've got like another year or two where I have to renew that thing. No problem. That's not always the case. And trust me, it will cost you a pretty penny to rush that thing. And and it's not as easy as it uh, as it used to be in the before time. Please uh, go check that out, especially if you've got any travel coming up in the near future. Let's move on to clothes. Jeff, you've got some pretty solid clothes recommendations. Kick us off. For for someone who's never really put much attention on fashion, this feels awkward. Uh, Okay, so um, what's in my bag? I think that's kind of nature of the question. My bag tends to be filled with clothes that will never be worn again. I go full disposable clothes when I travel. So uh, whenever I realize, you know, that uh, those socks, that's the last time I'm going to wear them. I put them aside after their last wash. And then on a trip where I am particularly, leisure certainly fits this, uh, where I'm packing in a way that I want to lighten my load along the travel. Along the journey, uh, I want my bag to get emptier, either because I'm going to acquire things that I may want to put in it, or because I'm doing it by backpack and uh, you don't want to haul around your dirties the whole time. You know, if you can get rid of it and lighten the load, so uh, it's especially valuable for shoes because they're so bulky, right? So the last time you wear a pair of shoes, especially if you're on a, a, you know, an adventure trip, uh, your shoes are nasty and torn up and muddy and dirty and beat up. You don't want to throw them in the bag on the way home. Perfect time to discard the shoes. Uh, Lululemon makes a black pant that feels like athletic wear. It's super stretchy, great for travel, uh, but they look like a black dress pant. So uh, for the way I travel, I tend to arrive in hotels and lobbies for work. Uh, You don't want to wear a suit. You don't want to get all dressed up for a whole day of travel, uh, but you also need to arrive uh, somewhat prepared to run into a colleague. Uh, so I love those pants because I can get away with just that real quick meet and greet. You look just you know professional enough that nobody notices that you're wearing basically yoga pants because they look good. Let's see, another one. Uh, I don't actually do this one myself, but this is a really good one, uh, is to pack a scarf. Uh, and it works in so many ways. If it's cold on the flight, it's warmth. Uh, it can be a pillow. You can use it for a lumbar support. If it's hot somewhere, you can use it as a cover-up. Uh, I see a lot of ladies do that with a pashmina. It's not a habit of mine, but I see a lot of people who do it well. I've just never been a scarf guy. Matt, you're a scarf guy. You should do that. Do you do that? I do. Okay. I do. I've, I've, uh, and it works. Okay. I should have saved that one for you. But I've, I've always been, you know, I've kind of been envious of the scarf guys. I look over, I'm like, that's really smart, but I just refuse to do it. Uh, workout shorts, especially on a long trip, right? Anything over a few days, uh, you can have, the shorts that have kind of a built-in liner uh, keeps you from, you know, creating extra dirties along the way on the underwear side of things. Not that I'm recommending multi-use underwear. That's not the message here, Matt, mm-hmm. uh, but it is nice to kind of isolate uh, the dirty stuff. Uh, I find that helps. And then they can always double as a backup as a swimsuit. If you have an 
unplanned opportunity to jump in a hot tub or a spa or something like that. Uh, compression bags. I think that's a pretty general one, uh, but I use them all the time. Uh, and it's, you know, it's either for the purpose of truly reducing the amount of space. Like if you're really tight on, you know, how much space you've got in your bag, uh, but where I use it more often than space for the compression, uh, it's keeping the cleans and the dirties apart from each other throughout the travel. Go with compression socks. If you're a frequent traveler, you know, there's just enough study that says it's worth doing. If you're spending that much time in the air, wear compression socks, helps circulation. Uh, I've been doing it for years. I can't actually say I notice a difference, but you know, research says it's a pretty good idea. I keep a dryer sheet in my suitcase. Keeps the clothes fresh, reduces static. If you're, uh, if you're traveling for work, you got uh, folding clothes, really helpful. Uh, some would say throw a detergent pod in there. Uh, I actually, in my, my dop kit, I keep a packet of, I think it's just a little travel tide, like the granules or something. So yep. something really, got, really gets dirty along the way. Uh, you know, you can do an old fashioned load of laundry in your bathtub or in the shower or something. Uh, it's just kind of an emergency backup. It's super easy. It and always it, comes in handy. Always. Yeah. Even if you don't need to do like a full load of laundry, wherever you yeah. are, it, uh, Something will get stained. Something will need to get cleaned, and it's just it's just a super cheap way to to have something there. Yeah, there's actually, uh, and I used this when our house was under renovation too. Uh, but it's great for travel. Uh, there's an app called Sudshare, uh, and so if you are traveling for a long period of time and you you're thinking you know 14 days on the road and I only want to pack you know a bag that's meant for seven days on the road, an app called Sudshare they'll pick your laundry up and they'll bring it back in 24 hours. I'm not sure it's anywhere in the world, but anywhere in America for sure. And it is international. Oh, here's one I saw recently too. Uh, it was the TikTok sensation. I've never done this, but I thought it was kind of creative that you pack soft clothes, t-shirts, socks, sweatshirts, stuff like that in a pillowcase. And then when you're going to the airport and you see people getting on a plane with like a stuffed animal or a pillow, they always kind of allow that. Like the airlines let you do that without really kind of throwing the hammer down on the one personal item or two bags. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. What you got? What's in your bag? Oh, I have no clothes. I have no clothing recommendations of any kind. <laughs> you are a big fan of all birds. Oh, yeah. The Swiss Army knife of footwear. Why do you like them so much? Uh, no, seriously, they do everything. They're workout shoes. They're hiking shoes. They You can wear them with jeans and look nice. You can do anything with those things. Comfortable as could be. But you got to go black on black. Otherwise, it doesn't work. They're still just as comfortable, but the versatility, you, you lose. Next up, we've got travel gear. I know everybody tries to not check a bag because it's outrageously expensive. It's a hassle. Uh, is my bag going to make it? If you are checking a bag, I've done this for 25 years now, 30 years. Get a Swiss Army knife. Get a Swiss Army knife or a Leatherman juice, like one of the smaller Leathermans. Boy, years ago, like a Swiss Army Ranger knife. It's got a can opener, uh, bottle opener, corkscrew saw, uh, knife on it. Uh, it just comes in handy, especially for longer trips uh, in so many ways. And if you're kind of kicking around Europe, if you're doing a road trip, uh, in America, I guarantee you'll you'll use it every day. <laughs> I've lost a couple of these. In fact, I lost um, a, a Leatherman that my mom gave me uh, this about 15 years ago because I had left it in a bag and I didn't realize that 
uh, it was in there and I was going, I decided to not check at the last minute and it, uh, it went through Newark security and they were like, no way. And confiscated that thing. And it went off to be resold, I'm sure, uh, on eBay somewhere. But if you know, if you're taking a lot of stuff, if you're going to uh, have a big bag that you're going to check, please throw one in there. They're, the Swiss Army ones are like 30 bucks and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll be a lifesaver. Uh, I always take a lightweight, uh, water-resistant dry bag, typically a, a 20-liter Sea to Summit bag. That's kind of my favorite brand, but there, there are dozens of them out there that are great. Like the compression bags, they're perfect for dirty clothes. They make for a nice kind of emergency carry-on if you need an extra bag there. It's great if you're flying somewhere and then you're going to camp. Any kind of water excursion, like if you're going to kind of canoe or kayak or kind of be in a rainier part of the world, it's nice to pack liquids in. If you roll it up tight, the water resistance of it, if something does break or leaks in there, it, it kind of stays contained inside that bag versus spread out over into everything else in your suitcase or, or backpack. I always have a night eyes gear tie. It's one of these little grippy rubber bendable wires that you can get at hardware stores. Uh, I always have it when we're uh, out kind of camping or hiking, um, hanging bags up in a hotel room. It's, it makes for a nice, uh, easy tie in case of like a, like a, like something around a bag breaks, like an opening to a bag breaks. You can kind of use it to, kind of jerry-rig a little uh, closing solution. Let's see, what else do I have here? Oh, let's go old school. I typically pack a bandana with me, and there's this brand called Molly Jogger that's, I think, based in uh, Arkansas that makes these super soft bandanas. Now, travelers, of course, have been using bandanas for a long, long time. They're easy to fold. They're perfect as sun protection. They're great as a napkin or a towelette. I've uh, I've tied it around cuts, uh, kind of you know on hikes. If I if I've ever kind of had little scrapes here and there, they're they're great to kind of make a little kind of de, de facto bandage around. They're easy to wash and dry. Doesn't have to be that brand. It can be whatever your preferred brand is. But I'd go old school West on it and uh, and pick one of those up because they they again it's a just a multi purpose little piece of fabric. Um, great image of you. Four miles up a trail in Yosemite like, with a self-made tourniquet. <laughs> I've come close. I, I've never been in that much trouble, but we were out at Great Basin in Nevada a couple of years ago, uh, the boys and I on a big hike, and I roughed up my ankle. Not bad, but I just had I had something that was bleeding. And I used this thing all day um, as sweat protection because I had and sun protection because I had a t-shirt on. It was a little sunnier than I thought it would be. And and it uh it really came in handy there. But as the sun was going down, we we're coming back and I kind of scraped up my ankle a little bit and I just took it off, put it down there, tied it tight, and it uh it helped make a make a messy situation less less messy. Finally, it always behooves me to take wired headphones. And with those headphones, I take a little um, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack adapter. It's the thing that can kind of switch you from your phone to your uh, computer to uh, whatever the port is, typically the, the, the audio port for airline seats that still have entertainment. You know, a lot of them are phasing it out because so many people have bring their own devices. But that's typically the old little round audio port. Um, and it's just nice to have 
A, the wired, so you never have to worry about battery, and then B, a little adapter on there. So if you need to switch over from phone to computer to plane, that won't be uh, that much of an issue. You won't kind of show up there and then and you pull out the headphones and realize, oh man, I'm in here for six hours and I don't have the right, uh, I don't have the right tools. What about you? What do you got? I make a conscious effort to carry a water bottle that is refillable. And I don't think this is a real travel hack that's new to anybody. I think probably most people struggle with the, did I remember it? Does it fit in my bag stuff? And if you ask anybody, like almost anything around sustainability, uh, don't you think you should? And the answer is always, yes, of course. Right. And then the, then the follow-up question of how often do you, and it's remarkably small, right? I make a good effort to do that. I need to do better, but whether you're looking at uh, traveling with a, a water bottle from a sustainability perspective or an economic perspective, right? You can save thousands of dollars on you know water, just not buying plastic water bottles uh, throughout your travels. I try to do that. I do a decent job. And my preferred product is a Hydro Flask Wide Mouth Flex Sip Lid Bottle. We got to get sponsors, man. I know. I know. Uh, and then we're giving money away. <laughs> we're just giving it away free, free <laughs> endorsements, right? How many we got on this thing alone? Uh, Janique multi charging cable. Uh, so finding places to charge is every traveler's Sisyphean experience. And that one multi charging cable, if you can find that single plug, you can go out and you can charge just about anything off of it or five gadgets or four gadgets off of it. So I find that one to be pretty helpful. Next episode, Samir's coming in to school us. He is the real deal, and I can't wait. Uh, until then, though, we have the mystery question, which I give Jeff at the end of every episode. Jeff, your favorite airport lounge? Cafe lounge. Pier, what's it called? Is it the Pier One or the Pier ah, Pier One? There's no way they call it the Pier One. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Matt, pier One Imports. <laughs> I'll stop off there before uh, heading over to DFW and relax. <laughs> I think the Cafe Lounge is called the Pier First Lounge. Sure. With <laughs> rattan furniture and you sold me. No, uh, I think. It's either, I think it's the Peninsula Hotel does the catering, uh, does the service for it. It is one of the world's best. I love it. Uh, and when I was living in Hong Kong and I was flying almost exclusively cafe, every flight in a, and of course, out of Hong Kong, everything's international, right? Uh, or at least, you know, 10 years ago when I was living there, it was. So every flight being an international flight, uh, we usually had access to that lounge with a first class ticket or a business class seat. Awesome. Awesome lounge. Incredible service. Great food and beverage. You'd go to the airport hours early just to hang out and get a meal, which not ironically was the birth of the airport lounge in the first place. It was at one time a luxury. And the question is, what is it today? Where is it going? And we should explore that on our next one. Yeah, I can't wait. In the meantime, I will see you very, very soon with Samir. Samir.